Welcome to this week's energy show. Now, I've been installing rooftop solar for a while, heck, going back to the 70s, and I've made my share of mistakes. I've probably made more than my share of mistakes. So as part of our New Year's resolutions, we're going to try to avoid the mistakes that we know about. And um, as we find new mistakes, we're going to identify them and try and correct them and then make sure that we can continue to install rooftop solar in the most cost-effective, reliable way. So on this week's show, we're going to talk about the five mistakes that solar installers commonly make, and they don't make these deliberately, they just happen and and hopefully they learn. And we're going to talk about the five mistakes that I've seen homeowners make as they consider rooftop solar for their home and evaluate different proposals. So avoiding these mistakes, both on the installer side and the homeowner side, is the best way to achieve long-term satisfaction with your solar system. Okay, so we're going to start off with some of the mistakes that solar installers make. Now, Number one mistake, bad installation practices. This is basically where the installers are just doing things wrong, cutting corners, and there's going to be repercussions down the road. The most common mistake that solar installers make is missing rafters. And what does that mean? Rafters are those usually two by six inch thick thick pieces of lumber that support your roof. And when you install the roof mounts for solar systems, whether it's an integrated system like Spice or whether it's ordinary racking, you have to hit these rafters and attach the lag bolts into the rafters. What happens is if the lag bolts don't go into the rafters, if they miss the rafters, they're just kind of going into the sheathing of the roof. This is the, the upper plywood or OSB surface. And it's, it's not very thick. And what will happen is after the wind and the, the snow and the cold and the rain – those lag bolts will loosen because they're not really attached into anything firmly. And where it's loose, you're going to end up getting some water damage. Water's going to leak in there. So the key thing is for the installers to make sure they hit those rafters spot on. And the reason why it's hard to do is you can't see the rafters. There's no x-ray system that can see through the roof. You can't use those little stud finders to find those rafters. The, The installers just have to be really careful, measure carefully, and when they miss a rafter, they usually move the roof attachment, the lag bolt, to the left or the right a little bit to make sure they hit it. So that's the number one most common thing, and, there's a, and, and the installers just have to be conscientious and trained to do that. Number two, installation practices, is poor safety procedures. Some of the safety procedures that really must be used are making sure that there are roof anchors on the roof and the people who are working on the roof are properly tied in. Another mistake that that installers make, bad installation practices, is they don't use flashings or they use inadequate flashings. Use tiny little flashings or they say you don't need flashings. On any composition shingle roof, you need to have flashings. Tile roofs, it's recommended, but it's not always required. Another mistake that installers use is poor wire management. They use plastic zip ties instead of wire clips. And what happens is the solar wiring could eventually sag and fall down. Those zip ties don't last more than about five years on the roof. It's a hot area. Any sunlight hits those zip ties, they're going to corrode, decompose, and they're going to break. And, and I know this because we're up on the roof in reinstalling systems and, and maintaining systems, and we see zip ties once they're about five years old, even if they're the UV-resistant zip ties, they don't really last that long. So stainless steel wire clips are the best way to make sure that lasts. Okay. Number two mistake that solar installers make is using workers who were either not properly trained or not properly motivated. Now, here's what happens. Some installers are really trying to hit their cost targets and pay their installers on a per panel or a per kilowatt basis. So they might say, hey, you're going to get, I'm just going to make up a number here, you get $20 for every solar panel that you your team installs in a day. 
And so if they're able to install 40 solar panels, they can make $400. And for two guys, you know, it's not too bad. What happens is there's an incentive there to install very fast and not follow best installation practices, number one of which is making sure they hit rafters. So um, what happens is the installers are really in a hurry to get the job done. They're banging these things out. If they miss a rafter, they don't care because they figure, hey, two years from now, if a leak ever develops, I'm going to be long gone. Nobody's going to care. Or they may not tighten the bolts carefully or check to make sure that all the wiring's done well. Yes, the system will turn on, the system will work, but a year or two or three down the road, there may be problems. So that's a mistake that can be avoided by making sure workers are properly trained and properly motivated. And a lot of this goes to the supervisor. There's a job form and the person who's in charge of the crew. They have to be watching pretty carefully. And the company that's hired that crew chief or foreman has to make sure that the motivation for the crew is consistent. And one of those motivations is not incentivizing people to get the job done really, really fast. Because if it gets done really fast, it's not going to be done really well. Okay. Number three mistake that installers sometimes make is they oversize the system. And and that means that they just cram panels on every section of the roof that'll hold solar. Not even considering how much sun is going to hit those areas, maybe not considering what the customer's electric bill is, not considering shade. So what happens is, but by putting lots of solar panels on the roof, the project is worth more. The installation is more expensive. You might put in 7 kilowatts instead of 5 kilowatts. Now, the thing is that those last 2 kilowatts might be on the north roof or might be in a shaded area, and you're not going to get a lot of output out of that. But the company is going to make more money because they're going to put in a bigger system. And here's where the, the trick is. The salesperson is usually compensated on a percentage basis. They get a commission. So if their commission is, say, 1% or 2% of sales, the more, the more the sales are, the more panels they put in, the higher the revenue is going to be, and they're going to make more money. So that's an incentive that doesn't completely align with what's absolutely best for the homeowner. So what, what's important is to have company incentives. Well, you, know, you can just look at it on a, consumer, on a customer satisfaction basis. You can look at it on a referral basis. Company incentives that reward quality, not necessarily total revenue or installation speed. Because if you're focused on installation speed, you're going to find out that you're doing poor job. And if you're focused on total revenue, you're going to cram panels in in places where they don't work. Now, see what happens is if you put panels in the shade, it's very common. You get disappointed customers. Two years down the road when they kind of look at their bill and they're going to say, hey, I thought I was going to save you know, 10,000 kilowatt hours a year and I'm only saving 7,000 kilowatt hours a year. And they say, oh, gee, you know, those panels on that roof over there, they're always shaded. It's because they crammed too many panels and they put them in the wrong place. Now, here's an example. It kills me because I see this house like all the time. Around the corner from me, a house has solar panels on the west roof. Now, normally, that's totally fine. But five feet from the roof, there's a magnolia tree. And these magnolia trees have very thick, dense leaves. They don't fall down all the time in the winter. So that tree is shading the west roof all the time. Not just a little, all the time. So the only time that west roof gets any sun is in the morning when the sun is at a really bad angle. There's almost no output from that section of panels. See the same thing on north roofs where there's even shading on a north roof and people, some companies kind of cram solar panels into that. So this is pretty common. I don't like it. It's going to give the solar industry a bad rep where the companies or the sales people will cram as many panels on the roof. The salesperson's going to say it's okay. But as a consumer, you need to understand 
that the panels in a shaded area are going to be sometimes 50, 70, 80% less efficient. And panels on the north roof are going to be a 20 or 30% less efficient than the panels on the south roof. Now, sometimes it makes sense to put them on the south roof because you just need the extra output. But just kind of be careful and remember that the output's going to be a little lower than, than what you get on the south roof. Okay. Next, next common installer mistake. They overestimate the system output. Why do they do that? Well, because the higher the kilowatt hour output of the system, the more money the homeowner is going to save. And if you make it seem like the homeowner is going to save a lot of money, the payback is going to be shorter. Now, most installers use software to size their system. That software calculates the kilowatt hour output of the system and the paybacks. But it's easy to fudge the inputs of the software. You can underestimate the effects of shading. You can underestimate the effects of roof tilt and orientation. You can exaggerate the panel efficiency or the longevity or the output. And what happens is you overestimate the energy production. That's what the salesperson may do if they're disreputable and overestimate the savings. And then you get better paybacks. Now, that's bad. But what's really bad is some installers just lie. They really high pressure sales tactics. They might say that a two kilowatt system is all you need and $20,000 is a fair price for that two kilowatt system. Now, that's almost $10 a watt for solar and that's almost criminal. And I, I've seen this happen repeatedly. So just watch out for high pressure sales tactics and when it seems like too good to be true. And the final thing that, that I see ha- installers do, and these are just aggressive sales techniques, is you've got financial or contractual monkey business. You kind of play games with the paperwork. They may overestimate the electric rate escalation. So we'll talk about escalations briefly here. A lot of installers assume that electricity is going to continue to escalate, say it may be a few percent a year. Well, if you're more aggressive about that escalation rate, say 6 or 7%, it's going to seem like future electric costs are higher and the solar is going to save more. So watch out for that. Sometimes the salespeople don't explain that financing products have payment escalation rates. So in addition to energy escalation, there's payment escalations. In other words, every year your payments go up, even if you think it's on a fixed basis. So 2.9% is actually pretty common. So let's say your lease payments are $100 the first year. The next year, they're going to be $102.90. The next year, they're going to be about $106. And it just kind of goes up and up and up a little bit. Now, that's that's going to hurt your long-term payback. So you've got to look at these escalation rates. You want a low energy escalation rate and kind of commend installers who basically just assume that it's zero because it's going to be conservative. And you don't want to see any payment escalations on leases or PPAs, but that that's pretty common. All right. Another financial or contractual trick that's used is that they convince customers it's easy to transfer a solar lease or a solar PPA or power purchase agreement. The reality is these things are hard to transfer to a new owner, and it's going to cost you some money. All right. Another thing that happens sometimes to watch out for is the initial estimate. The initial offer is not a binding contract. After the initial sales visit or sales call, sometimes installers send out a site survey technician or an engineer out and kind of look at things in more detail. And what happens is sometimes the price goes up or the output goes down, in which case you're not getting as good a deal as you initially thought when you signed up. And then the the last thing that sometimes happens is that installers make a really big deal about warranties and service. Now, here's the reality. All the equipment that's installed is guaranteed, usually for 20 or 25 years, and all the equipment almost never fails. Many inverters might last 10 or 12 12 years, and all solar panels are guaranteed for 25 years. And also keep in mind that cleaning, regular maintenance, and broken panels are not included. All right, when we get back, we'll talk about five mistakes that homeowners make when they get rooftop solar systems installed. 
All right. Now, back to the mistakes that homeowners sometimes make when they're looking at putting in rooftop solar on their home. All right. The most significant thing, the best thing you can do is compare the prices you get from your different estimates on a dollar per watt basis, not on an absolute basis. So don't say, you know, one installer gave us a quote of 18000 and one gave us a quote for 14000 and one gave us a quote for 21000 It may be that that $14,000 quote is not the cheapest one. So, for example, when you buy a car, you compare different dealer offers with the same equipment and options. When you buy solar, you also have to do the same thing, like what we call All it is normalizing the price on a dollar per watt basis. So you want to look at every estimate you got and figure out what the dollar per watt is that each installer has quoted for your system. It's like buying things at the supermarket. You get them on a dollar per pound basis. In solar, you need to compare different offers on a dollar per watt basis. It's easy to calculate this dollar per watt ratio. All you want to do is figure out the total price of the system. So what's the cash price? Forget about the investment tax credit. Forget about any financing. What's the cash price that you're going to have to pay? Um, What's the total price maybe that you have to pay, including the financing? And then you take that price, and into that price, you calculate the number of watts of the system. It's easy to calculate the number of watts of the system because you count the number of solar panels they're installing. Let's say they're installing 20 panels, and each is 300 watts. That's 6,000 watts. So an example, the total price is $20,000, not including the investment tax credit. You have 20 panels, each of, his, each of which is 300 watts. That's 6,000 watts. So I divide 6,000 into 20,000. And I get a dollar per watt price of $3.33. Now, that's a pretty typical fair price for a simple comp shingle roof installation, you know, in California. Now, and then you can kind of compare that. See, some installers are going to quote over $4 a watt. Some might quote $2.99 a watt. And then you can kind of dig in and see if those are the installers you want to work with. But at least you know that you're going to be able to compare prices on a, on a realistic basis. Now, here's the other thing. You could ignore just about everything else um, about that system. All systems are going to perform about the same on an unshaded roof if the panels are put in the same place. The panels and the inverters make a tremendous amount of difference. Um, If you have higher efficiency panels, maybe you'll have fewer panels um, than than lower efficiency panels, but you're going to get the same number of watts. So it's easy to compare this. And I like to look at the dollar per watt price, and I like to look at the experience of the installer. And you really want to find an installer that's experienced. It's probably the most important thing. Some companies out there are going to lowball the the job. They may subcontract it out. They may use really crummy equipment or crummy racking, and you might not be happy down the road. So you want to find an installer that's got a fair price and that's been in business for a while. Okay, next next, uh, mistake that some homeowners make. They don't understand the implications of their solar financing options. Now, here's the basic thing to keep in mind in life is there's no such thing as a free lunch. Now, when you buy solar, there's a bunch of different ways to pay for it. Obviously, the most convenient is cash. You pay full price. You get the 30% investment tax credit, and then you get a payback in four to eight years with free electricity thereafter. I mean, let's say your payback is five years. Year six, your system is paid off. You've got free electricity. You're doing great. That's the most common way of buying solar, but, but you know, you're going to have to lay out, say, ten to $15,000 in, in cash to be able to afford that. So some people don't have that extra money lying around. Other people have investment money, and they say, gee, the solar is going to give me a 15% rate of return, and I'm getting 2% in my bank or 1%, so I might as well put in solar. So that's cash. 
Sometimes people want to borrow the money for a system, and there's a lot of choices for borrowing money. In this case, you'd still pay the full price. You get the investment tax credit, but you take out a loan for either the net amount after the tax credit or you take out a loan for the whole amount. You can get a home equity loan. And, and that's usually pretty attractive money because interest is um, tax deductible. You can get something called a PACE loan, which is Property Assessed Clean Energy. And this is a great kind of a loan. It's not offered everywhere, but it basically you basically pay for the system out of your annual property tax payments. And it also automatically transfers with the home. So it's a very clean way of financing systems. Interest on PACE might, is going to be a little bit higher than home equity, but you also on PACE get um, the interest deductibility. You can just get an unsecured bank loan. You know, banks are going to loan you money, you know, 6 7 8%. You just want to borrow some money, they're going to loan it. And that, that works pretty well. Watch out for loans that have payment escalators. There's some companies out there that, that have great solar loans and they're, they're very aggressive, but they're going to say the loan repayment escalates at like 2 or 3% every year. And, and those escalations over time are really going to clobber you. So watch out for that. And at least if you see it, calculate that in with your payback. And the other thing to keep in mind is that most loans have origination fees. Home equity loans usually don't, but a lot of these unsecured solar loans or even secured solar loans have an origination fee. So if your system is $20,000, there may be a 10% or 5% origination fee. That's going to be basically to pay off the the financing company or the bank to process the paperwork, and, and that's going to add to the cost. So whenever you get a loan, your paybacks are going to be a little bit longer because of these interest payments and your origination fees. Now, another really popular, this has probably historically been the most popular way of putting in solar is with something called a lease or a power purchase agreement. And these are both situations in which a third party owns the system. So they put it on your roof, third party owns it, and you lease it back from this third party over a 15 or 20-year period, or you do a um, you pay for the power that's generated of the system. Now, these are great ideas. There's They're almost always no money down, no money out of pocket. It's basically like people think, oh, it's free solar, and some salespeople may sell it as free solar. Well, it's really not free because you're going to have to make monthly lease payments for 15 or 20 years. So you're going to have to be, make monthly energy payments for 15 or 20 years. And, and when you net out, The cost of those payments from the energy savings, you're not going to be saving as much money as if you took out a loan or if you've paid cash for the system. Now, but if you if you just want to get solar and you you know you just think it's the right thing to do for the environment, it's a great idea to do. Watch out because a lot of these, actually probably all of them have these leases and PPAs have escalation fees. Two point nine percent is pretty common. So what happens is every month the pay or every year the payments are going to escalate by 2.9%, and you're going to end up paying more. And the last thing to look out for is that you can't get out of these contracts into the end of the term. If you sign a lease for 15 or 20 years, you're going to have to make 15 or 20 years worth of payments. Or if you want to get out of it earlier, let's say you sell your house after three or four or five years, you're going to have to make the balance of those payments in a lump sum. So it's something to keep in mind. All right. Another thing to watch out for if you're a homeowner looking at buying solar, getting pressured into buying now. My advice, take your time. Get multiple quotes, get educated, go to some seminars, do your research on the web, talk to your friends and neighbors, 
and and take your time. Just make a good decision. Some of the high-pressure tactics that, that are out there, there's something called the drop close. And this is a very common sales technique. A salesperson will say, just, I gotta, I'm going to try to meet my end-of-the-quarter quota or we have a special deal and it's only good for this week or it's only good today when I'm here in your house. I'm going to take $1,000 off your price if you buy right now. And if you don't buy right now, the system's going to be $1,000 more. So it's a very effective sales technique for the salesperson. Uncomfortable for the homeowner. Puts a lot of pressure on there. My advice, just blow it off. They're always going to give you the $1,000 off later or the supervisor or the manager will give you that price if you want. But I would say also watch out for companies that do that because they really want you to make a decision fast without looking at what all the options are. Another thing that happens is there's special inventory purchases. We've got an overstock of panels or you know maybe they're off-brand or B-grade products. Or sometimes there's pressure to donate to a charity of your choice. Of course, that's added into the price. There are some pressure tactics that are legit. End of year tax credit deadlines. You know, if, if the, the ITC is going to expire at the end of 2021 right now. But every year, if you want to get the tax credit for the year, say 2016, we did encourage our customers to get the system installed in 2016 so that when they file their taxes in April of 2017, they get that deduction. And there's also state rebate programs that have deadlines that are, that are legit. All right. Another mistake that some people make is hiring the wrong installer, usually not from a referral. And here's what happens. A lot of the installers out there are basically just sales organizations. They just sell systems. They don't really own trucks and have installation crews. They don't They don't really care that much about the quality, although their website will indicate that they do. And they're going to subcontract it out. They're going to bid out the actual installation work to the lowest price subcontractor. Or they're going to say to to installation companies that are hungry, it's like, hey, you know, take this installation job for us. It's going to keep your crews busy because they're not too busy right now and you know, just do that work. Well, what happens is you break the link between the company that you're buying the solar from, the one that you think is really good and reputable, with the company that's actually doing the installation. And the, and the crews that are doing the installation, they're, they're not connected at all to the company. They don't really care that much about the quality. So watch out for that. You may not get the same quality that you would if you hired a company that has its own installation crews. All right. Another kind of most common mistake, and this is kind of weird, but I, I, I see it happen. People install a system that's too small. They have a little bit more room on the roof, and they're undersizing the system. And, and here's the thing about solar. My advice is you can almost always use all the electricity to generate. People are buying electric cars. They're buying a second electric car. They're using electric dryers. They're using electric stoves. They're putting in split heat pump air conditioning systems. So it's always, I think, better if you've got the room and if you've got the budget to put in a system that's going to zero out your bill. I'm not saying go negative, but don't try and you know knock it back by 70%. Try and knock it all the way back if you have the room and the budget. The reason is it's very cost prohibitive to add on to a system at a later date. If a system, if an installation costs $20,000 for 20 panels, yeah, $1,000 per panel. A lot of the work is for the design work, the engineering, the permitting, the, log- the, the logistics, organizing the crew to go out there. The variable costs are very low for adding more panels, but the fixed costs are high. So my advice, if you're planning on installing a system that will zero out your bill, make sure that that system fits on the roof it minimizes shading, and go for the whole thing at once. And the reality is a lot of these problems are easy to avoid, so don't, don't sweat it too much. Um, prices are coming down slowly, 
but more slowly than the ongoing electric bills. So it's always better to buy a system. Now, I I can't recall in over 15 years of any customers who came to me and said they were sorry for buying when they did because, boy, 15 years later, they could have bought a system for half the price, but they got 15 years of energy savings. All right, that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. And if you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamonsolar.com and listen to the podcasts.